It's the Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's a Wednesday morning, yes, the final day of August, the 31st for 2022. September is screaming down the outside, it's going to win that race tomorrow and turn up a champion, the first of September and coming up this morning we're talking about walkability what is it how does it affect you well we're going to find out how it does affect suburbs right across Australia this is something that is real and something for you to probably pay a lot more attention to than you currently do when buying property because when you come to sell your property it is going to be a factor and when you are living in your home it is a factor for sure and if I'm honest I have to say it's something that when I have bought in the past I didn't really pay enough attention to some of the key metrics to consider and we've got Ben and Billy who are joining us from different organisations to break it all down for us so listen up that is on its way. If you're celebrating your birthday on this last day of August you're celebrating it with Richard Gere who is turning 72 today. Officer and a gentleman probably best known for that although the movie Un faithful that he did with Diane Lane is definitely worth a watch and it was an infamous day today in the history books back in 1997 Diana Princess of Wales died in the car accident of course we all know where we are on major events I can tell you I was in Hawaii when that happened and also on this day the body of Jack the Ripper's first victim is found in Whitechapel in London's East End That happened on this day in 1888 and of course he didn't, did he? He didn't stop there. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between. Every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. All right, let's have a look at your weather on this Wednesday morning around Australia. First, we go to Sydney expecting some pieces of rain today, a high of 20 degrees. In Melbourne, partly cloudy, but the good news is it should be mainly dry with 17. In Brisbane, expecting one or two showers and a high today of 14 degrees. And Perth is the place to be nice and sunny with blue skies and your top of 21. We are just as addicted to property as you are. Every weekday morning from 6.30. It's the Real Estate Podcast across Australia, seven days a week. Well, last week we talked about the growing importance of walkability of where a property's location is. And this has always been a factor for consideration, but it's been amplified more since the COVID-19 pandemic arrived without warning. And walkability has a string of health components to consider. So let's bring into the real estate breakfast this morning someone who is better schooled up on the advantage than I am. Billy Giles Corty, a professor at the Healthy Livable Cities Lab at RMIT. And a very good morning to you, Billy. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. 
And also joining us is Ben Rossiter, who is the Executive Officer for Victoria Walks there in Melbourne. And a good morning to you, Ben. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here. It's all really about freedom, using your feet to get around. And I mentioned the other day, I used to live in Double Bay a few years back, and it's the only time in my life that I didn't own a car. I use public transport. So how much has COVID-19 changed the way that we think about the walkability in suburbs? I think people have really come to appreciate their suburbs because if they were living locally, as we had to during the lockdowns, if you had amenity nearby, you were better off. If you had, you know, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker all near your home and you were able to get to those very easily, you didn't have to get in a car. Uh, If you had cycling facilities nearby, if you had public open space nearby, I think people started to appreciate, oh my God, I've got a fantastic park near my house. Oh my God, I've got this, you know, I can go down and I can have a coffee with my neighbour physically distancing. But, you know, it it just really reinforced the importance of good design in the way we build our cities. And of course, we live in stressful times in the 21st century. Walkability has all of this host of benefits for the mind, body and soul. And I think people really are sort of waking up to this because of the COVID. Yeah, definitely. I mean, walking's always been for recreation. People want to walk. And one of the reasons is we know that when you walk, you get your blood pumping, you engage with what's going on around you, but also it just helps us to de-stress, keep fit, keep healthy, keep mobility. Yeah, and people will also want to know what metric is used to attain a walkability score in any one area and how a suburb ranks. So the way it's measured is through three main variables, three main things. So we measure it by the density of the the area. And the reason why density is so important is because if you've got enough people, you can have more shops and services. So density is important. The numbers of destinations that are near your home is is important. And then also the street connectivity. So if you live in an area where you've got more of a grid pattern, it's better because it gives you more choices. So if you walk down one way and there's a horrible dog or a horrible person that you don't like to walk past, then you can go walk another direction or there's there's some sort of service there that you don't want to go past. You can actually, and it gives you choices. Whereas if you live in an area where there's lots of cul-de-sacs, that's a disconnected street network and you can't walk as far as quickly as you could if you've got a connected street network. So the idea is to make it as efficient as possible for walking. Yeah, and another interesting factor is the way that we want to live life with less taste of carbon monoxide, I guess, because COVID has got us appreciating it more than ever with the open air living and what it has to offer, particularly being active outdoors. Oh, absolutely. And the issue of air pollution is becoming um, much more prevalent and concerning around the world. And a lot of Europe, they're really looking at how they can reduce carbon monoxide and air particles and pollutants in the air. People saw the potential of what our neighbourhoods could be if we weren't driving as much. And Billy, I think a lot of our audience will be wondering, why should we have at all a walkability rating? 
Well, there's a very good reason for that. It's because we know that, I mean, there's no surprises. If you live in a walkable neighborhood, people walk more. <laughs> no mm. surprises. Now, there's a couple of reasons why that's important. It's very good for people's health. If there's one thing that people can do to support their health is to be physically active. And walking is a fantastic way of doing that because you can, it's very easy. It's not a problem to do it. You don't need any special equipment. And it's really one of the best things you can do. So that's from a personal point of view, it's very good. But it's also really important from an environmental point of view, because we realise now that we all have to change our behaviour in relation to climate change and emissions from transport are very high. So from an environmental and an individual point of view, I always like to say that if there's one thing you can do for your health is to be physically active. It's like the magic bullet. And Ben, people might be surprised to learn that Australian cities aren't that walkable, but you're in Melbourne there, which have walkable suburbs. So perhaps break down the best walkable suburbs in Melbourne. I do personally like the inner north. So from, you know, Fitzroy, Carlton, then heading out towards Northcote and Brunswick, because there's a lot of public transport. We've got some green spaces and lots of shops and services. So there's some of the more walkable areas. But then, you know, got St Kilda, South Yarra, over to Footscray, uh, Yarraville, where there's good train lines as well as shops and services. They're really walkable areas. And in the regional areas, uh, I was in Geelong West on the weekend. And, you know, as you go out, we have pockets, which are more walkable in middle and outer areas when they're designed around more traditional strip shop rather than your big shopping centres. Yes, and you can also save a lot of money in a walkable neighbourhood, something that a lot of people just might not be factoring in when they're looking at properties. Now, I think that's a really good point. I've always thought that the Heart Foundation should have a checklist to remind people what they're looking at because if you have to drive, you know, you buy an a so-called affordable house on the fringe of a city, but you have to run, you know, two or three cars to be able to live there because there's nothing nearby. And as a result of that, the cost of that, the um, RAC in Australia has just estimated that it costs around $23,000 a year for a car. Now, the cost of doing that, if you've got two or three cars being run, all the fuel or the maintenance or the upkeep of the vehicle, if you lived in a, a suburb which was more walkable and there was very good public transport, that's key to it because you want to have a good public trans- access to good public transport, you can reduce the amount of transportation costs that you have. You know, there's a, a whole range of reasons why, from a cost point of view, living in a walkable neighbourhood has got its advantages, even though it will cost maybe a little more to move in there. The long-term costs that you'll spend over the course of living there will be lower, potentially, than living out in a outer suburban area where you've got to drive everywhere. And people will find this very interesting. In the US, they have a location-efficient mortgage. Tell us about that. Well, the reason they do that is that they recognise that if you live in an area where you've got very good public transport, where you can walk everywhere or you can bike everywhere, the cost of living is lower. And so people can afford a slightly higher mortgage because because it's an efficient, a location efficient area so that you can use an alternative to having to drive everywhere. So you don't need to run two or three cars. You can actually use um, public transport. I live in a, a very walkable area. I'm very fortunate where there's three different choices of public transport. I really don't need a car. The other thing that's important about, you know, if you have live in an area where there's, um, and I think developers need to get onto this, um, if you live in an area where there's lots of choices, you don't really need to have, if you live in an apartment, for example, two, two car bays. By having one car bay or no car bay, 
that could actually reduce the cost of the apartment. So if you're living, doing apartment living, um, having living somewhere where it's very walkable, where the developers are not providing so much parking could mean that you reduce your own daily expenses for living, but also the cost of your apartment. So there's lots of benefits, which I think we need to get onto to uh, reduce the, make housing more affordable and also to reduce living costs. Hey, Billy, that was so interesting to find out all of those talking points. And thank you so much for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. Pleasure. Great to talk to you. It's just the joy of walking. Get out and explore your neighbourhoods at your feet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.